this show is for educational purpose and should not be taken as medical advice. Welcome to Let's Talk About Medical Cannabis with Dr. O, a clinical pharmacist certified in medical cannabis. Every week, you'll learn about alternative ways to improve your health and well-being using the healing power of botanicals such as cannabinoids. Here's your host, Lola Ahanba. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About Medical Cannabis with Dr. Ho. My name is Lola Ahamba, a clinical pharmacist certified in medical cannabis. I'm very appreciative that you could join me today. Thank you so much for all our listeners out there. I appreciate your support. And thank you again to our subscribers. If you already subscribed to the show, I would like to say thank you. For those of you that are yet to subscribe, you can now have access to the show on our website. Direct access is now available on our website, WCI-Health. You will have uh, direct access to the episode. And also like to say thank you to our Patreons, all the Patreons that are supporting us financially. I would like to say thank you for your support. And if you want to join the Patreon, you want to support this show, there is also a link on our website under the subscribe page. You will see a link to the podcast platforms. A link is also there for for the Patreon if you want to join our Patreon group. Thank you guys so much. On today's show, I will be discussing a role of cannabinoids in epilepsy or seizure disorder. The role of cannabinoid in epilepsy or seizure disorder. Uh, What is epilepsy? What does epilepsy mean? What is the meaning of seizure? Back in the days, in the age of the Greek gods, it was uh, said that uh, diseases were caused by the gods. They believe that when people do something that is wrong or bad things, then the gods will place a curse on people back in the days. So that's why people get sick. So is it really a cause? Is disease really a cause from the god? We will be looking into that today. We will also look into the role of uh, medication, pharmaceuticals, pharmaceuticals, what uh, they play, the role they play in the management of seizure disorder. We will look into various forms of seizure disorder. Then we will uh, finally look at the role cannabis can play in the management of uh, seizure disorder. So glad you could join me today. Thank you so much. So like I said earlier, the ancient Greeks, they believed that diseases as, as a result of a demonic cause placed on a human by the gods whenever people did something wrong. That is really what I call uh, Ocus Pocus. Ocus Pocus uh, deliberate mysterious nonsense. That is uh, Ocus Pocus. I mean, uh, it's really not uh, only in our generation that we see all this Ocus Pocus. It was, it's been around for generations and it's, it's very funny. Conspiracy uh, theorists uh, have existed not just uh, in our generation. I guess it's been from the inception of uh, man, we've had uh, conspiracy theories. (laughs) 
is very, very funny. Oh, according to the Greek historians that they sell that Selene, the goddess of the moon, whenever she's mad with people, she will just invoke a cause. And part of the cause she used to invoke was a seizure or epilepsy. I guess uh, we could say that not only Queen of Soul, Erita Franklin, wasn't the only one that demanded uh, respect during her, in, her, in her life. Women have been demanding R-E-S-P-E-C-T. And I guess uh, the goddess of the moon, Celine, didn't just demand it. She enforced it on, on make sure people gave her that R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Women, girls, we are female generally. We didn't just start uh, being a diva, being having a divising uh, attitude in this generation. Diva-like attitude uh, existed way back and it was uh, obviously presented in the uh, Goddess of the Moon, Celine. I mean, it's in our DNA. We got to have that respect, you know. So it's a really funny situation that if you don't respect me, I will put a curse on you. Oh, Lord. Anyway, according to historian, the Greek historian, they said that uh, Hippocrates of course. He was the, uh, the Greek physician. He was known as the father of uh, medicine. He was the first person that came out and said diseases were not causes from God. So Hippocrates, of course, he was the first to debunk the demonic conspiracy. He said that the diseases were not as a result of causes from God, that diseases were due to human body reacting to substances in the environment. In his work that is titled On the Sacred Disease, Hippocrates of Kars claimed that epilepsy is a disease due to brain disorder and not due to divine rage. At least we have, it's not just the press that are trying to debunk conspiracy. It's not just our own, the new generation press trying to debunk conspiracy. Hippocrates of Chaos was one of the first press that we have that had to call it, call it as he sees it. He basically came out and said, no, you need to stop. You need to stop this. This disease is not a cause from the gods. Diseases is a, is a result of our environmental factors, among other things. So today we will be looking into epilepsy. We will interchange that word, epilepsy, and seizure disorder. Seizure is a part of epilepsy. They're both the same thing, but epilepsy is like a continuation of the spasm of the symptoms of seizure. When you have it one time, we can call it a seizure. But when it's continuous, the technical terms will be epilepsy. So what is epilepsy or what is seizure disorder? Seizure disorder is said to be the fourth most common neurologic disorder. So epilepsy is a brain disorder that causes people to experience unpredictable and recurrent seizure. So basically, epilepsy 
when you have epilepsy, you have a recurrent seizure. If you have one seizure episode, you won't call it epilepsy. But when the seizure episode is repeating itself, then we name it epilepsy. Seizure disorder, seizure is due to increase in the, or surge in electrical activities in the brain. Our brain works on electric function. It's an electric organ. So then when there is an increase in the brain activity, this can lead to violent muscle spasm, uncontrollable bowel movement, loss of consciousness, among other things. So basically, seizure disorder, it manifests itself in different symptoms. It could be loss of consciousness. There could be muscle spasm. There could be loss of bowel movement. There could be rigidity. So seizure, it comes in different manifestations like that. But the main reason we don't really know, but it's probably due to a dysfunction in the brain electrical activities. So what is the cause of this disease? What causes seizure? I'm sure everybody want to know that. The real cause of the disease is unknown, but it could be due to severe brain injury. It could be due to tumor cancer, growing brain tumor, stroke, or it could also be due to genetic disorder. So what is actually causing it, we don't have a pinpoint what it is, but it's been said to probably be due to some kind of uh, brain injury. It could be due to cancer, brain cancer, strokes, or other genetic disorder or genetic defect in the DNA. Over 3 million Americans affected by some form of seizure disorder, and this also includes children. There is no cure for seizure. We don't have a cure, but we, uh, we can use uh, medication to manage the symptoms and have the episode itself under control. But when we say, oh, you have cured it, there's really no cure for, for this disease. So what we have for the management of seizure is medication. But unfortunately, a lot of this anti-seizure medication, they have, they tend to have adverse side effects or really bad side effects that sometimes makes people non-compliant with the medication. Basically, people stop taking their medication due to side effects. Sometimes people can add weight. They add weight. There's so many side effects that people are unable to, to control it. Also, apart from people having side effects from the medication, some of the medication that is used, the medications that is available, some people up to a third of the population suffering from seizure disorder is non-effective for them. So we have people that don't take their medicine because of the side effect. And some people, the medicine available doesn't even work for them. So when we have this situation, where do we go? How do we manage people that are not responding to traditional medication? 
we will look into that. Seizure disorder or epilepsy, if it's not controlled or managed, it can have a really devastating impact in people's life. And because the episode always happens suddenly. Some people might have a, what we call a little aura. They might have a sign, but most people don't have a sign when seizure disorder is happening. It's a sudden process. Somebody can just drop and start shaking suddenly. So because of the sudden nature of, of this, it affects people's way of life. It could affect schools for children. It could affect our work or mean one could be driving and the whole situation starts that could lead to death so it's a very very serious situation that if not managed can be devastating to the family for me i have experienced situation two of my kids they have uh, different types of uh, seizure disorder for my son when the situation first started with him, it just happened. It was after a Thanksgiving holiday, the a day after the Thanksgiving. We were just talking to him and suddenly he started just looking funny. And we were like, what's going on? What's going on with you? And the next thing we see, it was going down. I thank God somebody was close to him. We had to quickly grab him because we were in my kitchen with a towel floor. If he had dropped down like that, he could have really injured himself really bad. So the sudden nature of this disease makes it an emergency for, for us to be able to look for ways to, to manage the, the disease. So what are the types of seizure disorder that we have? The first one we I'm going to be talking about today is focal or generalized seizure. In focal or generalized seizure, we can also divide it. It also have a subdivision. So this one affects one areas of the brain. I mean, it makes sense when you say focal, you're, you're focusing on one thing. So in focal seizure, we have one area of the brain that is affected and it can come in form of a simple partial seizure. In simple partial seizure, there's no loss of consciousness. It could be resulting in spasm, vision, or emotional changes. So in, in simple partial seizure, an individual suffering from this episode do not lose uh, their consciousness. But it could, uh, this seizure could affect the vision, it could affect emotion, it could also result in spasm, but it doesn't result in loss of consciousness. Then we also have complex partial seizure. In complex partial seizure, this involves loss of consciousness. So this is a little bit step up in uh, compared to the simple partial seizure. In the complex, there's loss of consciousness. The person suffering from this disorder could experience some kind of staring in space. It's a, a state of unaware uh, of the surrounding. And they can also have a repetitive action, such as they can be walking in circle, uh, they will be staring in the space, and they can also lose consciousness. So the other main type of uh, seizure disorder is the one we call generalized seizure disorder. Under the generalized type, we have the one that causes uh, absence seizure. 
The absence seizure is common in children. Often it's uh, characterized by staring into space or slight body movement or eye blinking, tweaking, could result in loss of consciousness. So in the absence seizure, the child is all mostly common in children. They like stare in space. And like I said, my family, my kids have experienced one form of this disorder or the other. My other son had an episode when he was little at the daycare where they said after they came back from a field trip and they sat down and he was just staring. He wasn't moving. He was just staring. And the next thing they knew, he just fell down. So they had to grab him. That was during the summertime. Another time in the winter, the same thing happened to him. And so children are very susceptible to uh, absent type of seizure disorder. So apart from the absence, under the generalized type, we also have the tonic. The to- in the tonic situation, the muscle stiffens. It's a muscle stiffening, like the muscle, back muscle, the arms and the legs are mostly the part that are affected in the tonic. This could result in fall. Somebody can fall when you the muscle stiffens up. The individual going through this process can, can fall. Apart from tonic, we also have the atonic. In the atonic situation, this is called a drop seizure. Basically, there is no movement. Atonic, they don't have muscle. They just drop. So individual just fall to the ground suddenly. And in the other one that we have under the generalized seizure is the clonic. Clonic is uh, characterized by repetitive muscle jerking. It's like your muscle is just jerking. The, the symptoms are kind of similar in most of the disorder, but you have to specifically know about the disease you have to be a professional to be able to differentiate uh, which one is going on. So in the clonic type, the there's a repetitive jerking, muscle jerking, which affects mostly the neck, the face, or the arms. Other than the, the clonic, we have the myoclonic. In the myoclonic type of seizure disorder, there's a brief uh, jerk or twitching of the arms and the legs. There's that part is in the clonic is affects the mostly the neck in the myoclonic it affects uh, the arms and the leg so apart from that we also have the tonic clonic seizure disorder in the tonic clonic episode this is the most severe of all the generalized seizure disorder the individual loses consciousness, there's shaking, there's stiffness. So it could also result in loss of bladder. I think that's probably most the one we tend to notice the most because it has more reaction going on. But the other ones, they can be very dangerous because you don't really notice the signs. Like in the absence seizure, you just a child is just tearing. You might think the child is just trying to be quiet and not knowing that the child is going through a process. But that is not the case with tonic-clonic. In the tonic-clonic, there's that characteristic shaking and movement of the muscle, the stiffness, and it could result in a loss of blood. 
has a, a parent that have experienced a child going through seizure disorder, this can be very, very scary. So any individual, especially when it's a child that is going through this episode, individuals that are present needs to try to stay calm. It's hard to be calm when you see somebody going through this process, but we have to try to, to remain calm. Depending on uh, where it's happening, if anybody is around a child that is having seizure, just try to calmly put them on the floor. Don't try to force them or uh, let them be calm, be comfortable and try to go through the, the episode while you call emergency line 911 so they can the professionals can come in and take care of the situation. Part of the emotional side effect that people experience when they're going through seizure or even the family member, part of the emotional stress that comes with it is depression. People can become depressed. Anxiety is part of uh, what people go through and it will make sense, you know. I mean, when you see your loved ones going through this situation, it's very tough. You don't know where it's going to happen. You don't know when it's going to happen. Imagine somebody driving and uh, having seizures. So it's a very, very tough situation. And people, the embarrassments that come with it, this can have emotional toll on, on an individual and the family members too. Apart from the emotional stress that comes with this disease, there are other life-threatening situations that can be seen also. Example of those life-threatening situations is this one we call the status epilepticus. Most times seizure, when it happens, it happens for a short time and the person becomes calm. But in the case of a status epilepticus, this is a continuous seizure activities beyond five minutes without regaining consciousness. So basically, the individual is going through this seizure. It could be loss of consciousness. And they did not come back. They did not wake up for up to five minutes or more. If the situation continues, it could lead to uh, brain damage. Because see, when somebody loses consciousness, they're not breathing. And when you're not breathing, the whatever activities is going on in this disorder is going on in the brain. So your brain is already susceptible to danger coming from the seizure and you're not breathing. So if you are not conscious within a short time, this could lead to brain damage. So status epilepticus, any seizure that is beyond five minutes, that is a medical emergency. And the individual going through this process needs to be taken to the hospital and be treated as an emergency situation. The other life-threatening situation that can happen is what we call sudden unexpected death in epilepsy. SUDEP is called an uh, acronym for a uh, sudden unexpected death in epilepsy is what we call SUDEP. The cause of SUDEP is unknown, but some people said it could be due to cardiac or respiratory condition. The uncontrolled seizure can result in SUDEP. So SUDEP is a situation, the, the cause of it, nobody knows, but 
it's as a result of a complication from that the cell might be due to cardiac or respiratory complication resulting from seizure disorder. So for people that have seizure, it absolutely have to be uh, managed and controlled. But if it's not controlled, it could lead to sudden death. That is why we have to do whatever it takes to make sure people get medication that they need or the treatment that they need to manage this disorder. So it also becomes very important in a situation where somebody is going through seizure, if they are not compliant with their medication, this could lead to suicide. So we have to make sure people are taken care of. So how do we manage a seizure? Like I said, we have the non-pharmacological way of managing it. We have the pharmacological way of managing it as well. So how do we manage a seizure disorder? The non-pharmacological ways of managing it is diet. Like I always say, we have to start from the lowest of the therapy and try non-pharmacological way for not just for seizure disorder for all diseases. After we try the non-pharmacological way, if it's not working, then we can now go on to the medication. And when we do medication, when we have to go through the route of medication, we have to start slow. We have to go slow. We don't want to say, "Oh, it's a major seizure. We're gonna give them two medication at at the same time." No, we normally start low. Start with a low dose. Start with one agent, then we assess the situation as it goes along. So for non-pharmacological means of treating seizure disorder, some people have tried a special diet that they claim helps with, with seizure. Some studies have shown that ketogenic diet is effective in reducing the number of uh, seizure episodes in people that are taking this food. So what is a keto diet? Keto diet is, it focuses on protein diet. I will go into details later. Apart from diet, the people have also used surgery. When you try diet, of course, surgery is not going to be the second line of uh, therapy. Surgery will probably be the last line after a non-pharmacological therapy has been tried and pharmacological therapy has been tried. And when I say pharmacological, I'm just talking about medication. But surgery is a non-pharmacological ways of uh, managing the disease. So what do they do? In the, what they do with surgery is, they, is an implant called the vagus nerve simulator that may help some people. So they implant what we call a vagus nerve simulator into the, the individual. So after we have tried the non-pharmacological way of controlling it and it's not working, then we absolutely need to try medication. Drugs that are used in the treatment of seizure, they vary depending on the type of seizure or the severity of the seizure uh, disorder, the symptoms, the frequency of the episode. So the drug that is used, is, it varies. But some of the common used drugs, those ones, they include uh, carbamazepine. We call, uh, we have a uh, phenobarbital we have the Lamictal, which is uh, Lamotrigine. We have the Topamas, which is uh, Topiramate. 
We have phenytoin. We have uh, proic acid. We have a uh, kepra, which is a uh, levetiracetam. We have the uh, lyrica, that's probably common, which is called pregabalin. And in all these drugs, uh, it might have different names that is called outside the United States, but these are prescription medication that have to be, the prescription has to be issued by the primary doctor and this will be filled. Most of the disorder, the seizure types, the, the, the common drugs that are used are similar. They are, but it's just the combination of the product that is different. Like if it's a partial seizure, they can use a particular agent. If it's like absence seizure, tonic clonic, they can decide to use another type of agent. But uh, at the end of the day, it's just the variation in the combination. And most of the time, the provider will generally choose uh, an agent to use based on clinical guidelines. There are guidelines that have been set up by the uh, FDA, by the, the bodies that is in charge of uh, each disease state. Every disease or condition, they have a guideline based on that uh, association's process. So the doctor will go through the guidelines and choose the specific agent that he or she feels will be helpful for for the patient. So we have to take anybody going through this episode to to the provider to take care of the situation. I know sometimes uh, when you see these things, you feel like, oh my God, it's probably going to be a pass. Uh, pass. Most times when it's a, only one episode, when the seizure is just an episode, they might not really treat it with a pharmacological therapy. But when it starts getting to two episodes, the medication has to be used to control the disorder. So this is uh this will be uh the end of our part one of this episode today. Uh, on our next episode, I will look into the the role of cannabinoid in management of uh, seizure disorder. I will also look at the agents, the FDA approved uh, cannabinoid based products. The, yeah, there we have some FDA approved medications that. Are, based on cannabis. So we will look into that and we will also look onto the different ways that see we treat women and children, females, generally the different way we treat females when it comes to seizure disorder. The way men are different from women when we look at seizure disorder because females, they have a hormonal situation and they get pregnant. When during pregnancy, the way we will treat a pregnant lady is different from the way we will treat a man. So on the next, on episode two of this topic, we will look into all that. You absolutely definitely don't want to miss that part of it. So glad you guys joined me today. Thank you so much once again. And for those of you that have subscribed, I'm very, very grateful for that. For those that are yet to subscribe, you can get us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can go to our website, WCHI-Health. We have a subscription button there where you can click and get your episode directly for those, especially those that are out of the country that are having difficulties downloading the podcast. Also on our website, we actually have the podcast right there where you can just click and listen to it. So 
all of you please go out there subscribe and check out your previous episode there are so many vital informations i put a lot of time and effort into this podcast and it will benefit us greatly apart from that if you want to be a patreon if you want to support this show we also have a link on our website to our patreon page where you can help us out financially we will be we will be very appreciative of that and finally when you get to the website, we have products. We have hemp-derived CBD products. We have the balm for those of you that don't want to use peel foam. We have the balms, the creams that you can put on any part that is might be having difficulties. The balms, the topicals, they are not absorbed uh, into the bloodstream. So they can be used for localized situation and and that's that. So all the information about our product is on the website at WCI-Health. Check those out. Thank you so much again. Until next time, always remember health equals wealth. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or any podcast platform. Support the show by becoming a patron and donating on our Patreon page or on our website. For more information, visit our website at www.wci-health.com. 